This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days, so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. If never I met you, I'd never have seen you cry. If not for a first Southern Rock Podcast, a southern storm of bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. With me as always, Jason, what's going on, man? I am here after, you know, working on our interviews. It's been a busy week, Brian. We've had a lot of stuff. We've been doing a lot of podcasts this week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Sometimes we uh, take a little slow. Sometimes we uh, stack them up and uh, no matter what. Take it slow like the Georgia Thunderbolt song. Yeah, and who (laughs) are coming out with a new song, and I forget the title. Muddy Water. Oh, shoot. Living in Muddy Waters. There you go. Is that yes, could, that could like be that. where it is? Yeah, and those I guys are going it. over to Europe uh, with Blackstone Cherry, so that's very very cool for them. Um, great so, bill, great show. The European artists, the European crowds are going to love it. And uh, I wish they would, uh, you know. Well, I'm happy for them, but they were going to be playing at Firewater, but they're going over to Europe with Blackstone Cherry, so good for them. Um, but uh, once again, we have the pleasure of talking to a uh, new artist, a uh, new band, not a new artist, but a, a becoming more known artist and band um, from Nashville, Tennessee. Yep, Mr. Cage DeVille from the band River Ghost. And Cage, um, he's one of those guys, too, that got named, or River Ghost was named in one of Matt Wake's articles about new bands you should be listening to with like the Cold Sayers and Bourbon House. So this fits right into all of our friends that we've had on and all the music that we, we showcase here. It's uh good to have like-minded people out there uh, like Matt. And then you guys will hear cage uh, mention Matt 
and uh, you'll hear him mention many other things and very gracious, kind uh, words towards us and to the real music fans out there. So you guys kick back and relax and uh, listen to our conversation with Cage Devell from River Ghost. <laughs> We're here at the guest segment of the podcast. You guys know I always throw it over to Jason to tell you guys, the listeners, who's with us today. And you know, Brian, I always love introducing the guest. We got a real interesting dude today who's got his own band up and cranking, has a cool backstory I think everybody all will find they like. Uh, on the podcast today, we have Cage Devell from River Ghost. How are you doing, Cage? Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, everything's going well? Good, good. How are you? How's how's everything going in Nashville? Well, you know, it's uh, still ninety five degrees, so <laughs> we're having a, a blast out here. <laughs> no, it's, it's At least good. it's not it's on good. fire like California. Like it's <laughs> so hot. I just talked to somebody who lives in Sacramento. One hundred and fifteen degrees today. Oh my God! Ouch. Yeah, I don't miss the, those days. I, I spent some time out there uh, doing songwriting with uh, friends and stuff, and between the chaos and the and all that, you know, traffic and whatnot. You, yeah, that heat could be a distraction. A distraction for sure. <laughs> it's pretty hot. Pretty hot. Well, let's get right into it, uh, Cage. Like, how how did you get into music first of all, and then songwriting, and then forming bands, and you know, finally up to the point where you're at now to be in a national and form River Ghost. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it's strange. I don't come from a, a musical family, uh, but my dad uh i would say go back my mom and dad my mom was like a big elvis and johnny cash like she was a throwback because she has 13 siblings youngest of all oh my goodness yeah were any of them musical at all uh not that i know of but uh, but but uh she had the trappings of all the the music that they were into you know Mm -hmm. uh being kind of uh isolated at the isolated at the end of all of that uh and so she kind of carried that, you know, through my dad, on the other hand, was like Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, you know, uh, Jethro Tull, you know, and then kind of strangely got like into anything from like Van Halen and Donna Summers somehow, you know. Uh, <laughs> Those two <laughs> so, go to well. Van Halen uh, yeah. and Donna Summer, you know, same universe. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> uh, you know, and. I definitely picked up something from that because I think that she has the most incredible voice. Oh yeah. Um, It's, it's, it's insane. Uh, And then of course the showmanship of both of them, uh, you know, and all that. So I definitely, you know, just seeing at that time clips of what Van Halen could do and then, you know, hearing what uh, Donna Summer could do with her voice and stuff like that. And of course she was theatrical as well. Uh, And uh, I was, I was, down i mean to this very day uh outside of the van halen stuff that stuff's great but i mean the stuff that he showed me 
I take as one of my favorite bands ever, two, two of which he was into. He was in the Beatles, well, Three Stones and Black Sabbath. All those things are like in my wheelhouse forever. And I might as well, I guess, be my dad. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the strange things you carry for. But that, so there wasn't um, a whole lot of music there. But what happened when I was really young uh, my uh, neighbor, uh, my folks moved kind of away from my, my little kindergarten neighborhood uh, and my neighbor up the street uh, was, uh, his uncle is in a, in a, a big band in Boston. Uh, I won't mention them so that I don't get anybody in trouble, but, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I know it sounds totally crazy a uh big but band in boston i mean we pretty, can narrow that down yeah 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 and uh i mean not huge but big like mtv era uh like so they came and went and all that fun stuff but he would sit us down because he already played guitar his brother was really musical and um and i was just like whoa what is this you know you can actually make this music and my dad had reel to reel and you know you had those play visits when you were a kid and he'd just sit us down in front of the mic and jam out these tunes. And, uh, and then that was it, you know, we just were off the races, but his uncle uh, always said to us, you know, we would pick up instruments and stuff like that said, Hey guys, no matter what instrument you play, do yourself a favor, learn to sing. You'll get paid double. <laughs> <laughs> learn to write. You'll get paid triple. You know, and so that just sunk in like nobody's business. And I, I really took that to heart. And I, I started literally writing my own lyrics, dumb as they were. Uh, and uh, we all just started, you know, doing all that uh, kind of at the same time. And I mean, really young. And so um, it feels like it's in my blood, although that was this, you know, that was a formative kind of thing that brought me into music essentially it's cool so you you grew up you're an east coast guy i am uh grew up uh in boston and then kind of uh as i started to spread my wings would as you know doing some songwriting and stuff and and uh and all that and trying to you know figure out how i could make money doing that i'd get calls from friends of mine that had moved out to california because you know that was the big thing to do hitch mm -hmm. out to california do your thing so uh a lot of people aren't great lyricists, strangely, uh, and, and melody writers. And um, <clears throat> I got kind of the opportunity to go out to L.A., help them write for a weekend or so, and then come back to Boston and New York and that sort of thing. As I was back and forth to New York, uh, you know, uh, quite a bit by the time, you know, I was like 20 years old. And I, I felt, you know, like I was pretty well experienced uh, in, in, in kind of floating around those big cities so when you were younger were you in bands like did you have your own like rock bands like as a teenager yeah yeah uh i had a, a band called uh allies preteen actually and then uh which is hilarious with the gentleman that i was uh talking about uh earlier my childhood friend and then uh and then i was in a band called uh any rocks which uh i strangely auditioned for them as a drummer because uh, I played drums in my in my real like young uh, I kind of that was taking on the idea of hey play an instrument sing and write and I uh, I had a band that I was just like getting together 
uh, didn't have a name yet, but I was playing drums and I was writing all the lyrics and all the melodies for the singer. And we went in, uh, we were going into the studio, went into the studio and uh, the singer didn't show up. And they were like, Cage, you're the only dude that knows these songs. So I sang on the demo and had fun with that for a few months. And then there was, uh, there was a band uh, in town, a, a, an older a pile of older guys uh, in Boston that had split apart. And uh, this guy Skippy from that band was like, you know, trying out singers and drummers and all kinds of stuff. And, and uh, turns out, you know, I was like, hey, I'll try out for drums. Why not? So I came down to audition for drums and hear from for, for, I don't know, about a month. Got a call back. And I was like, oh, you know, do I need anything? Because, you know, sometimes you show up at rehearsal spots and you got drums there and all this. No, don't worry about it. Just come on down and everything. And I came down to the rehearsal and there was a drummer there. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> you sang on the demo, right? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, we think you sound like Dio. So we want you to sing for us. And I was like, I don't, I mean, I love Dio, uh, but... I don't sound anything like the guy, but sure, I'll give it a, you know, a whirl. I just started making up lyrics on the spot and uh, I got the job on the spot and that band turned into be uh, a, a band called Any Rocks. Uh, didn't do a ton, but we played uh, some opening, you know, some big opening spots for bands like Gwar and, <laughs> and. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, Gore, so yeah. It was gonna, yeah, so some, some fun stuff. Uh, and that was it. That was the, that was kind of the launching pad, you know, and then, uh, and then off and on, you know, building bands out of that, but really, uh, got a reputation for kind of helping out a lot of, you know, people writing their songs. And of course, you know, uh, people aren't always happy about, you know, some guy writing stuff for them or anything like that. So, uh, at the time it wasn't really called ghostwriting, but I just helped people out and go, yeah, you know, give me 300 bucks, uh, whatever it was, you know, kind of built from there, you know? So that's the really the, the teenage into my, you know, 20 stuff. Did you actually study music, take voice lessons, instrument lessons? I mean, how really, how did you, I know you had your uncle that was kind of in that industry. Yeah. So no, not really at all. In fact, that's probably the worst thing uh, in some people's eyes. I think it was the best because I really, kind of honed in on the people that I loved. And then if I was writing for somebody that I, you know, didn't have anything in common with musically, uh, I would tend to, you know, study the artists that they appreciated to get a grip on what they were doing. And that, you know, cascaded over time. But later uh, I wanted to expand my voice because I knew I had room in, in, uh, in my voice to be better. And I sought out somebody who wasn't the thing that I particularly was drawn to, which is, you know, blues, rock and roll and that sort of stuff. Uh, like the Aerosmith, you know, Aerosmith mm -hmm. is what, you know, brings any, any Northerner, I guess, into, into rock and roll, uh, no matter, you know, what age, I mean, I would even guarantee it now, but, uh, I, uh, I, sought out Tony Harnell from TNT. Okay. Oh yeah. Right yeah. Uh, and uh, that was while I was living in New York City, and uh, we've been friends ever since. Um, that that band, I'm surprised didn't get bigger than what they did. They were they were pretty talented, tremendously talented. I mean, you know, he can do 
huge shows in Europe and then, you know, to this day, and then play very cool, you know, intimate shows here and play, you know, theaters and stuff here to this day. But yeah, it, uh, he's, he is so talented. He is yeah. so gifted and he's so generous. And, uh, and uh, he's also a part of the story of me, you know, coming to Nashville and some of the things that have happened for River Ghost. So once you got into the songwriting, did you do that for a long period of time? Just, just write songs for people and then not have your own band or were you working on having yeah. your own bands on the side? Was yeah. the songwriting like the main thing? Yeah, so I kind of had an interesting thing going. I, uh, by trade, was a tattoo artist uh, so that, you know, it's strangely mixed when I did have a band and we were trying to lift off that we could do like regional tours and I could like make ramen money, you know, uh, tattooing people, visiting shops and that sort of stuff. And that was cool. But, you know, when I, when I really wanted to make any kind of dough, you know, um, it was leaning into that, you know, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm not talking about tremendous money or anything like that because there was opportunities where I could have signed on with people that do it on a much larger scale, but I never saw the point of having a middle person kind of cut into my money. And uh, so I just, like I said, kind of gained a reputation for, you know, I don't know, just like anything else, like giving lessons. I would come in and say, yeah, this is what I charge, you know? And uh, I don't know if anybody's ever really done that, <laughs> um, but uh, maybe they have, but uh, that was that was my, my deal for the longest time. Um, and, you know, it, it, was, it was a little tougher in New York City where it's super expensive, but uh, then you had to do that and work a full-time job and then a part-time job as well. <laughs> <laughs> So um, what led, is that like basically what led to moving to Nashville besides the cost of living or just uh, did you get the sense there was going to be more opportunity musically, more musicians in Nashville? Well, I I mean, of course I knew that uh, as anybody could, you know, had seen the the trajectory of the music scene. But um, I think that, you know, I really felt like it was time to do something for myself. It was time to like, you know, really um, hammer down on a band and try to find a strategy that, you know, and kind of fulfill that childhood dream, you know, where you, you actually do put that, you know, garage band together and, and bust and bust out, you know? Um, And, you know, that's a, that's a bigger story, I guess, you know, and where we come Cage, with your with your songwriting, are you just working with people lyrically, or are you doing music as well? Well, I play a bunch of instruments, so you'd be surprised how helpful it is to be a, a, a decent percussionist. And I can play guitar fairly well, a little bit of piano, and all that. So I contribute a lot to the direction and arrangements and all that uh, that have to do with the music. But I really rely on you know the one thing for me is. I never want to be caught up in being, I'm the guy who can kind of do it all kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I never felt like that was my place. And I personally don't like the ego that that traps. So uh, I want to let like, you know, somebody that I'm working with, like be their best and bring out their best. You know, I've been fortunate in River Ghosts 
to have enough talent that I can rely on myself and do my own thing and not really have to interject too much at all with musically. I Boots Roberts, the uh, my my co-writer, is amazing, and we sort of talk to each other about talking to each other. So it's it's really cool. How, so how long were you in Nashville? Like, when did you get there and how long until you start finding the guys for River Ghost? Yeah. So I, I got here uh, about three years ago and uh, I had a really tough time uh, when I first popped off here. Uh, housing's funky and ended up living next door to a crackhead who burnt our house to the ground just about. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that, that was awesome. Uh, so uh, so before I could even really tap into musicians here, I was dealing with that. But then I, uh, after a, a few, you know, auditions with guys, um, I, I uh, suddenly ran into, from, from an ad, Craigslist of all things, the digital age and on Craigslist is where I find Boots Roberts, the guitar player that I work with now. The afternoon that we got together, we sat down and we wrote Bluebird and we wrote Fruit on the Vine in which all you guys can find uh, in our catalog currently. And then a few months after that, the good old pandemic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we found ourselves in a you know, tunnel between my pad and his pad exclusively, you know, staying away from everybody else and just like spent that time hammering out the songs. Some of the songs, there's a lot more uh, that you guys uh, could hear, uh, you know, out on the platforms of goodness. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that was uh, kind of the very beginnings of all this stuff. Were you still writing music for other people during that time too, or were you just exclusively like working on for your own band? Yeah, this is my tenure here in, in Nashville is, I'm sorry, everybody uh, that I've, I've worked with, but uh, yeah, I've turned down other opportunities to just essentially work for River Ghost. Okay. Straight up. So before the show, we were talking uh, about your impressions about Nashville, because we kind of get, we get a mix, you know, for any artists that have been from there, we get like a mixed bag. Some say it's very good, a lot of camaraderie and support. And then other people, a couple others who had your take too, where it's, where it's not so much like that. What have you found out for you? Well, I don't, I don't know that there's not camaraderie. There certainly is if you are doing like, you know, fantastic things. In fact, some of that stuff brought us into the, into the light of day here. But there's a ton of, you know, this is a, this has got just an enormous amount of, you know, and I understand it, you know, people got to make a living and all that, but people just get on a track on Broadway. If uh, folks don't know about Broadway, it is a honky tonk mm -hmm. street filled uh, with bars and, and bands play cover songs and you can make yep. great money there and you don't have to worry about, you know, any of that stuff, but it becomes a place where you can do that and you you know i couldn't talk you into playing in river ghost because no matter how good i was uh because you're making solid money somewhere else you know the contribution that uh, you know i'm i'm promising you an unsure future so you have to just believe like you were a 12 year old that this is like a band that's going to be enormous you know 
and um and it's a dichotomy but uh it's i get it and i i appreciate it um but it's a different fortitude altogether to write your songs and write good songs and actually hammer down on those things and uh and you know and do it like from the ground up you know with nobody's money behind you none of those things just really do it raw as it gets and so that that doesn't get recognition here you know and so um unless of course you break out of here uh and all that so you really earn your pennies when it comes to being you know uh an original band and so when i say that that the camaraderie is not there it's more like there's no actual there's a big difference between a band that's playing cover songs and a band mm -hmm. who's you know doing all you know strictly uh you know songs that they've written in all original material and when you get into bands with you know uh broadway players there's another challenge mm -hmm. you know in the original act when when you started writing songs, uh, at what point was that in the music business where now it seems like it's all DIY, independent, you know, you just, a lot of people are doing self-producing to save costs and whatnot. Like, was that already in place when you started? Not necessarily. I mean, you know, uh, there was a lot of, you know, um, digital writers to CD and stuff like that. So that was... That was a, a possibility, but not to the level that it is, you know, now, clearly. Um, and uh, I didn't really ever get too involved with the kind of production end of things. It's not, it's not my, it's not really my bag. I really want to worry about the, the song craft. Um, mm -hmm. And then when it comes to production, then I want it to be about what I'm hearing and not necessarily what buttons I'm pushing or what format I'm working on. I know what formats I like the best, you know, I mean, everybody loves two inch tape, <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's awesome. Uh, and, uh, you know, as far as what differences it makes, I think, you know, obviously anyone could tell you, you know, uh, from bands like Blackberry Smoke, who did a Rolling Stones thing on vinyl, mm -hmm. directed vinyl, how tough yep. that is. And they've done it all right. I mean, you know, Dave Cobb is like, Hey, Dave Cobb, um, we're looking for you, brother. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, um, he can make something sound so warm that's digital and you, you know, essentially wouldn't know. So there's, there's, I have no bones about any of this stuff. You know, I think it's like the world, as far as that stuff is concerned, is your oyster. And I don't think it's a turn. I always think that those, those technologies uh, adapt and make you better and all that, you know. So without that big big money behind you that you mentioned earlier, is that actually in some way more satisfying knowing like you're doing everything, hand building everything yourself and whatever success that you're building, you're, you're not dealing with people that, you know, suits and ties that don't really know how to write a song or play an instrument or... Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, I, I, I couldn't tell you for, for sure because I've never really had to contend with those people. I've always been a, a, a you know, a jump in there and do it yourself kind of guy anyway. So if it was, it would be just a piece of fruit, you know, to, to get at. And, uh, and, I, and you know, um, I would weigh those things out as they came. I, I look forward to getting into opportunities where we have investment, especially because we're, we're self-funded and we understand, you know, everybody understands what, 
what that can mm-hmm. do for, for a band, you know? Um, and, uh, and so, and I think that, that in the long run, you know, anybody investing is going to make their money back uh, tenfold uh, or a millionfold. Uh, but, uh, but that's subjective, of course, and that's being confident in, in, uh, in your, your material. Um, I like, I like to take, you know, a humble approach, uh, approach to all this and say, you know, um, when we get there, we could definitely, uh, see what, what that brings, you know, and we look forward to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So you guys, um, have somewhat of a blues based kind of sound but you're heavier and, and you know we're coming across more bands like that where it's like hard rock but it's still kind of connected to a southern rock kind of sound or a blues based kind of sound um what do, do you i know a lot of guys don't like to categorize their music but like what how in your ears how do you hear it? what what kind of band do you you know just besides a rock band do you yeah. look at yourselves as I I think if you listen to the catalog that we currently have, you're gonna hear rock and roll, you're gonna hear, you know, blues rock, mm-hmm. you're gonna hear southern rock, and you're gonna hear soul. And I think that's what puts us in a completely different camp. I mean, Bluebird is as soulful as it gets, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really oh yeah, it's a soulful it's a song. great song. Thank great you. song. Thank you. You know, and it comes from the thing the people that I think that, you know, um, no bones about it. I'm like I, you know, I was a Ray Charles, I was a Stevie Wonder, uh, you know, just seeking things on my own as a soul singer and trying to find my voice. That's where I learned to, I tend to have a little more of an airy, raspy voice. Uh, I studied those singers, uh, you know, right up to like, you know, Black Crows and all that, just to, mm-hmm. to figure out how they nailed, you know, that, that, tenor in their voice you know um and that sort of thing so for the soul end of things that's where that comes from although you know there's a lot of heavy singers that i you know really admire like ray gillen and stuff like that from you know and of course dio and and all that stuff uh too that could take that kind of voice somewhere else um and i tap into a little bit of that you know um ray gillen did a lot more blues than dio did with the exception of elf and stuff like that but and also too like some of our other artists that we've talked to that are heavy heavy southern or heavy blues rock are mentioning the soul part of it so i'm finding seeing more and more like how important of a link that that is within the 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 ingredients that make southern rock or rock and roll even yeah well i'll tell you you know the reason why i think that is is because it really doesn't uh it it's you guys might know this because you're a bit of uh, close to the to the north. It stretches from Chicago, right, uh, mm-hmm. to the south. I mean, it's like you know, it's a, it's a thing that's that's really been going on long before all of us, you know, in the '50s and '60s, particularly, and uh, and all that. So you know, stacks uh, up mm-hmm. against Motown, and you know, on and on. So. Um, you know, I, I like to think that, um, you know, all, all these bands that we, you know, that were well before River Goes, you know, Almond Brothers and all these I mean, you know, the guys in the band are also from all over the United States too, but mainly, you know, a Northern to Central Corridor, um, all take influences uh, that are blues or Southern rock based living in those areas, you know, I mean, uh, 
you couldn't you couldn't be a Bostonian without digging, you know, uh, Aerosmith. And if if you don't listen to what you just listen to, like even the documentary with with Steven Tyler, the country music documentary, that guy's voice is out of control, mm-hmm. out of control, you know. And so, you know, I think that he, you know, that that is a gr- good example of how he fused. It's a better example of how you fuse the South and the soul with you know north and rock and roll and all that stuff you know um so yeah it's uh it's interesting that we still live in a place and uh, live in a world where we we think it's more divided and more spread out than it really is you know mm-hmm. how long did you have you know first of all like is there a story behind the name river ghost and how long did you have that is that something that you had uh, a name in your mind and then started looking for people. Have you gone through a, a different number of people that you've jammed with and considered? Or were you like slowly auditioning people for this project? So can you talk about that? Yeah, sure. So once once uh, Boots and I got like a fair amount of, of stuff uh, written, um, we were pumping around our little demos and stuff like that, trying to get, you know, musicians. And we, we did get, you know, we got drummer and uh, another guitar player, additional guitar player, excuse me, um, and a bass player. And then we all sat uh, on a, a text thread talking about names. Um, and everybody was throwing around things, you know, like, you know, oh, something with wolf in it, something with, you know, this and that, you know, just going around the ring and all that and you know slowly but surely you started like picking out words that like worked really cool and uh i had like something river for one thing and then i had like uh you know ghost something for another and then everybody kept going on and then i i kind of looked back at the notes and said dude what about river ghost and boom, the like room went silent and everybody like kind of did their little search and came back and goes, that's a great name. It's not taken. Let's have it. <laughs> it's the way it went, you know? Uh, so. It goes really well with the style too. You know, the music that you're playing, you've got river, you think of like the South and stuff and ghost mysterious. I mean, it, it, it works really well for, for what you're doing. Yeah. Thanks. I, I think that, I- um, you know, I think that a lot of, you know, of course that sounds very spontaneous, but you know, when you sit on it for a few minutes, I think that, like I said earlier, uh, the reason for putting this band together and these songs together had a, an absolute purpose uh, and a vision of what we all want to do. Uh, and, you know, there's a little bit of something in our material that you hear samples of, you know, directions that we're going to go and continue to explore, you know, and expand. I think the first songs you guys ever heard from us was probably that I sent you privately was like Sleeping Giant. Mm-hmm. That was the furthest thing outside of what, what we were doing. And I wanted to kind of shock people with like, you know, what they in, anticipated we were going to come out with, with, with Sleeping Giant and get their response. And the funniest thing is, is that, uh, you know, Dark Horse has is, is been one of the most like downloaded bits, but the most like requested to us and that sort of thing is, is Sleeping Giant and Bluebird. Uh, and huh. Fruit on the Vine too. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, but but it goes to show that like it, you know, someone said to me once, like uh, you know, it's one thing to put like a song or two, uh, you know, on thing, but you know, how'd you guys like you know put five you know five things that are like 
all good and all in different directions, you know? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, because the first single you guys sent us was pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you know, uh, you know, thanks to, to guys like, uh, you know, uh, Scott Willis and, and uh, shout out to that guy who just blindsided me. But he heard, you know, he heard other stuff. I think he heard Dark Horse. You know, and uh, and I had no idea. You know, I I've like interacted with him a little bit, but no idea that he was going to like, especially after kind of our plan, light us up. You know, and uh, and so it really was like we had to like sort of change our strategy once that happened. So nowadays, you see a lot more people like releasing singles instead of like a full record, or maybe they'll do an EP after they have so many singles. Uh, is there any? What's your plan for that? Where Where do you see that going? Well, that was that was the approach, and you know, I'll give you kind of the the long story. We can break this up a little bit, but you know, after the after the the name uh, got out there, we all started rehearsing for a few weeks and everything and um we had a guy named alex while playing uh while playing guitar for us uh he's in uh cory mox ben cody uh and cody pox in the dirty south and, and stuff like that they weren't doing anything mm -hmm. really and um we got asked on to do uh tuck smith and uh true villain show uh and there was rumblings just out in public like we didn't understand because we didn't really do anything to you know people were just like there's this band river ghost holy crap you know like check this out and we were like what <laughs> you know? and then we got asked onto this show from tuck smith um and you know it was a little premature uh but also it was sort of like when the pandemic was just barely coming down and uh, we played that show, it was sold out, probably the most I've ever seen uh, in this particular club, uh, Bowie's downtown Nashville. Uh, it was so tight, it was insane. And I was just like freaked out because, you know, people were still sick. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> played the show. Coming off that, you know, that, that was uh, right before the summer when, you know, the next wave came in and we were like, you know, what do we do? Uh, so we decided, you know, let's, concentrate on these songs, go in the studio, you know, and then, you know, when things break, we're just gonna, if they break, you know, mm -hmm. we're gonna just start releasing singles and let's, you know, let's just, we're not gonna worry about, we're gonna take a strategy of worrying about putting out music and putting out good songs. Um, because I think ultimately it's not only the safest thing to do, but it's a way that we can introduce ourselves in this climate to uh, national and or, international audience and strangely we get a lot of attention from OSCs uh, and all that uh, as a result but what we slowly try to do was try to you know bring them out song by song and uh, that's what you kind of see in so <clears throat> not only you guys but <clears throat> excuse me not you only mentioned about people being sick Gage you made Brian like <laughs> sick um, <laughs> the thing that I'm so impressed by with with pretty much everybody we talk to almost is like once again nowadays there's not the big record industry there's not a big huge you know money promotional machine behind it is the, the commitment and dedication that you guys have because no one's really out there getting rich or anything like that so 
So just to keep that commitment and in, in, in how tough it is. I mean, we we had someone on recently who, you know, slept in his car in LA for X amount of time before he started getting, you know, and you hear about stuff like that, you know, couch surfing and all that kind of stuff. So it, it, I always wonder, like, at what point do you have a confidence that everybody's going to stick with it when, once you get a nucleus of guys? Or is that just something you don't think about? Like, what if someone goes, oh, man, this is too whatever. I mean, so it's kind of one, it's a compliment. And then also like a question of like, is there ever that, you know, yeah. sort of plan in the back of your head if somebody drops out or has uncertainty? Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, you guys probably wondered this too, you know, when, when are these guys going to start supporting this? So we came out and started doing a series of shows early summer um, and supporting, you know, some of the songs that were already out. I think there was two at the time. And, uh, and at that point we had two, of the members that were also subbing their stuff out on Broadway. And we had one guy who didn't see the need to rehearse, great musicians, great guys that love him to death. And another guy who was like, well, I can't, you know, take, you know, a gig in Huntsville if I'm, you know, I can get paid X amount of money downtown. And, you know, unfortunately I had to make the decision to, to get guys that would be interested in being part of the nucleus that you speak of brian uh and it's it was the hardest thing i had to do because these guys are you know brotherly we've worked with them you know a lot but what can i do with a guy who won't rehearse what you know and a guy who who you know won't travel out of town so took you know took a, a few weeks to, to to find a bass player who was from an all original band and just wanted to be an all original project um and uh happened to be a friend and uh, so that was an easy decision uh, on bass. Um, Craig Alspar, he's an amazing bass player. Holy moly. Um, and then um, we then proceeded to, you know, figure out what we were going to do on drums. And uh, a gentleman came out of a band uh, that's been doing really well uh, out of Kentucky. And he had uh, uh, some moments with them and uh, a potted ways and we you know spoke with him like almost immediately after that and he you know his heart and soul is in playing in you know original bands and uh this is a sleeping giant moment but he heard sleeping giant was like i'm in <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know and uh and then all the and then all the other songs um excuse me and um and uh it felt amazing so you know, that leads us to the point where we're at, you know, uh, we're playing some shows, uh, but you know, these guys got, a, these guys get like three rehearsals under their belt and they're um, insanely show ready, just pros, killer in it, you know, all doing, you know, everything instead of me doing all the promotion and all of the things, you know, it's finally like a bunch of guys like really, you know, killing it. So Mike Little is our, is our drummer. Um, and uh, you know, just just amazing. And we have a, another guitar player called uh, named Will Conway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we call him Will. <clears throat> Will, I love you, brother. Uh, but uh, yeah, and uh, and it's just finally a, a bunch of guys that had the same dream. You know, it just takes a moment. But you know, you kind of need um, to establish yourself. I think, uh, especially musically, um, to get you know. I think those you know the way that we rolled things out 
was a little off the marker because no one saw COVID kind of rolling down as kind of quickly as it did. I thought we'd be in it, you know, for a while and yeah. we'd have a minute to find, you know, people. Well, it didn't work out that way, but now the plans are to move forward full steam. So that's what we're doing. And there's going to be people that are going to be sick of seeing River Ghost on the road, which is going to be a blast. Are there, uh, we always ask our artists, like, um, are there any other bands that have been around about the same amount of time as you, maybe same age, like uh, uh, peers that you think might knock our socks off? Are there any other bands that you feel like a brotherhood with, you know, not even, you know, whether it's in the Nashville area or anywhere else that you could see like doing shows with, like is, who else are you impressed with that's kind of been doing this the same amount of time as you and at the same level? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, uh, I, I haven't, I don't get out a ton. Uh, truth be told, I'm very visually impaired, so I don't often get out because I don't. So you can't fly. even see how handsome Brian and I are. <laughs> That's a good thing. Um, but, but there are some wonderful, you know, there's some wonderful bands. Uh, we're playing with a band. Uh, they're called the Tatted Sons. Uh, I'm not super familiar with their music, but I'm friends uh, with their singer, but particularly uh know their drummer and uh and and uh mark is a wonderful dude and so i trust that that uh they have a single out so you know you can't base the whole all of it off that but i trust that they're incredible uh because of the musicianship uh in that band um but you know um there's locally um that's what i was kind of saying you know there's not a lot of you know you guys know you guys know these are older names that you guys refer to in Nashville, but they're all great, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Leilani, amazing, yeah. amazing. I cannot, I played on a stage with a rare, like a rare hair or something, and I was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, given the circumstances, never got an opportunity to because basically they circulate, you know, 200 musicians on and off stage and play, you know, mm-hmm. songs, and I never got an opportunity to say, Oh my god, you just like great but i so want to you know meet her and you know all that fun stuff with jacks and and all that but uh but you guys kind of know those guys true villains tuck smith uh i think you know those guys are all amazing and then you know i look forward to actually you know uh i joked uh with jay a, a couple of weeks ago about you know dirty honey uh they you know they love us but they just don't know it yet but i i know they don't <laughs> I know they don't. I've met those guys uh, before and they're not interested in, in, in really, you know, uh, in little guys like us. And I am, I hope that I can get out there and actually like soak up what's cooking. Cause I know that this scene and starting, you know, well, kind of well before the rival sons, the temperaments mm-hmm. movement, you know, there's a lot of those bands that, that, you know, have ca- kind of, you know, and, and dirty hunt, of course, have jetted off and there's uh, you know, they've set the stage for bands to be like, yeah, you, you check us out, you know, and we're one of them and we're ready to go, you know, and well, so. Well, that's a good segue to my next question or really my next kind of comment towards you is you guys were featured in one of our buddies, one of our favorites, uh, Matt Wake's article about bands you should know from, from com with the bourbon houses and the cold series and everything else. And like, what is that like to get that kind of notoriety and, and really be in this really growing genre or growing in popularity genre again? Yeah. 
well, I'm sorry, I, I kind of mentioned that earlier and I, I mistook uh, Scott. Scott's a fantastic photographer that we admire, but uh, Matt is who I was talking about. I yeah, Matt Wake, yep. Matt Wake, uh, I love his writing. I've admired his writing. And when I saw that, you know, we, we have a PR girl, uh, Jade. And Jade, she's, she's, she's cool uh, and all that. And, you know, um, just, well, you guys see how I, I kind of um, do my thing. I, I really reach out to the people I dig and I admire mm -hmm. and stuff like that, you know? And then I kind of mention stuff to her and she'll pick up the ball a little bit or whatever and at least help me out. When I saw that coming, I was like, you know, or when it came, I was like, holy, so thank you for that, Matt. But um, to be put on that list, you know, that's put us in a totally different situation. I've had nice conversations about the future with the guys from Cold Stairs. Oh, um, yeah. Cold Stairs, so, that's, a, that's those are Chris, my buddy there. Yeah, so I'm hoping to see something with those guys, but, you know, let's not let anything out uh, of the bag there, but, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know. Cannot confirm or deny, cannot confirm or deny. Precisely, uh, but, you know, just, and, you know, just even talking with people that I admire so much, you know, um, it's, it's, it, it, uh, uh, to be mentioned on the list, though, holy crap. I probably could say holy shit uh, on this. You could say, yeah, trust me, you could say whatever. <laughs> Please do. But anyway, I mean, you know, um, you know, it it just gives me the fire to like be, you know, just that much better because I, you know, I've worked really hard at my career, but I love these people and I think they're amazing. And I am so humbled uh, just having my name anywhere close to those people you know how amazing all these cats are they're just mm -hmm. great bands and and we would just put in with like what really is going to be the up and coming you know and so i don't know you know to be on that list i might you know i, I hope that i can live up to it <laughs> that's not doing anybody any favors trust me if you're on the list it's because you deserve it thank you that's very cool so you, you kind of alluded to that there there could be a move to la somewhere in the future possibly well, I think more mu musically than anything. I think, I think that there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of fans out there that right now it's so expensive to do anything out there, dying for mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. bands from here. So it wouldn't be on a on a permanent level. But I think that um, we just hear enough, and from friends that I uh, have been, you know, friends with forever, just like come out, come out, come out, come out. You know, we want to go out there when there's like something to dig into. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to do this, like, you know, pay 800 bucks just so that I can put my name on the marquee on Sunset Strip. That's crud. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that's, that's, um, you know, up for debate, but there's also some bands out there um, that are really cool um, that have like reached out earlier when we weren't ready to do any kind of touring. They were like, mm -hmm let's share some bills. So, you, you know, let's travel from, you know, take the Southern route and just do a little stint across, you know, and we'll play in Nashville and, and we'll host you in, in uh, LA. And so um, we'll see if that, that happens. It'll be a lot of fun. It'd be cool. <clears throat> so are we, uh, are we close to a lightning burn on there, Jason? 
we are close to the lightning round, but I do have one last question, Cage, before we get into the the, the stupid stuff. Uh, so next steps for you guys are put getting getting some tours together. Where, where are we going from here? Yeah, so uh, there's a bunch of shows, some theater shows, uh, which is really cool. Kind of to uh, we've done some warm up stuff, the theater shows for like some little uh, you know bigger stuff. And uh, what we're going to try to do is really um, build momentum towards touring just after the first of the year, uh, a little bit of light touring, and then try to kick into, you know, the like, hopefully into the, like the festival season and second mm -hmm. stages and, and some of that stuff. And we're ready to rip for, uh, we'll certainly be really ready to rip by then to get into Excellent. that whole thing. So we'll have a different conversation yeah. about this next year. Very cool. And then, Very cool. And then one more too, you <laughs> said that you do have a vision impairment. Does that affect your ability to perform? Cause it's dark, but you've got lights, you know, on stage. I mean, is that, is that a, is that a hurdle for you to overcome? You know, I've, I've developed a system, although people think uh, that it's, it's something else, but you know, I, what I've done, uh, it is, it is. So the short is, is that it is, but I will put an iPad in front of me and mm -hmm. I will try to put whatever lighting's in front of me, the opposite lighting and stuff like yeah. that, so that I won't, you know, fall off the stage. <laughs> yeah. Because well, uh, I, I can it, see it, a little bit. Yeah. I have, uh, it, well, I have about 20% vision. 20% uh, vision is not a ton, but that's about what I see. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard. I play and have played in bands for a long time. It's hard when you have no impairment sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, um, you know, these are things that I just don't like get in my way. I mean, sure. you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, when, when, uh, when things really started going downhill, I, I, I definitely took it, um, as a, a challenge opposed to letting it, you know, get me down. Uh, but it's funny because, you know, if I'm out in the daylight and I'm not wearing, I'm not using a sight cane, people are like, oh yeah, that guy's got an eye patch, you know, pirate jokes, ha ha ha, you know, and then <laughs> I'm in a club and I, you know, I don't see at night and, uh, and all that. And I'll just see lights, you know, so imagine mm -hmm. what, a, what a stage looks like. Yeah. Uh, but I'll use a sight cane and, uh, and all that. And then they're like, wait a minute, I just saw this cat, like, you know on the street the other day <laughs> you know so they don't necessarily get get uh uh the disease uh and stuff so it just is what it is but eh, people are kind of dumb mostly too <laughs> <laughs> i don't mind i don't mind i'm still just as like ferocious uh and bostonian mm. uh, as it gets uh with uh with or without sight so i still want to know what band your uncle was in it wasn't, it wasn't my uncle, it was my, my friend's uncle. So without his permission, oh, okay. I don't want to, yeah. I, if it was my uncle, I'd be bragging like Well, give us a, can you can you give us a hint and we just won't say what it is? Gee. Or, uh, or, or when we're not recording? <laughs> um, let's see. There's like a, there's like a, it's not Taco Bell, but there's a, another taco joint that's the second in the chain and their name began with that. How about okay. that? Okay, we'll take Fast that. We'll, yeah, 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 we'll we'll, we'll take we'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cage. We always have fun at the end of the interview with a lightning round. Just dumb questions. Don't overthink it. Um, you good? You ready to go? Yeah, why not? All right. What is the first record or album you remember getting? Uh, Kiss Alive Two. Nice. Me too. Yeah, we, right on. <laughs> get a lot of Kiss. We get a lot of Kiss. 
Um, what is what is the first band that you played in? I played in a band around the time that I got Kiss Alive too, called Allies. Used to jam out in uh, in the backyard and uh, in the Boston area, which is hilarious. Like killing our neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody threw anything at you guys or cussed you guys out. Oh, I'm sure I got a lot of fat lips uh, from that and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Were you guys a cover band or did you do originals? Uh, so we did. We there was there was definitely originals. Funny, but uh, we did the whole uh, beginning uh segment of twisted sisters kids are back under the insistent of uh our bass player was like i love this record my brother was like jamming (laughs) and we played that whole thing like yeah it was kooky and then you know jammed in like who and stones and beatles and you know like things that were like so beyond our years like so terribly horrible but yeah what is your favorite place to go see a show? Gamage Auditorium in Tempe, Arizona. Really? So what, what makes that so good? There's a real famous, uh, and I'd have to look them up. There's a real famous uh, architect that built the place to be sound perfect. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing from every seat. I mean, nobody even understands unless they've been in there, but you know, there's no posts in your way there's it's at asu on the campus of asu and when i walked in there for the first time i was like whoa uh, uh, a lot of good uh scenery i would tell you with asu's campus particularly the co-eds uh yeah you know i had a small stint there and i lived across from the campus you know um definitely a lot of uggs and um some particularly skimpy stuff because you know guys get sweaty (laughs) (laughs) uggs and skimpy gears now let's talk about the women (laughs) i was gonna say i'll apologize to my wife (laughs) (laughs) oh come on you know we're all just kidding um what is one place that that you want to play a show at though with your band river ghosts Woo! Um... like if you could pick anywhere where you choose them Madison Square Garden. All there right, hell, there, yeah, man. You're not, you're not picking the Boston. Uh, what is? I don't know. It's not the Boston Gardens anymore. What, what, you know, what's the big Boston Coliseum now? Well, I, I don't really know. You know, I. So I talk about my youth in Boston, but I literally haven't been back there since. So I you attach there. yourself more to New York than in Boston. I do. Yeah, my most okay. of my adult life. Yeah. My my wife and daughter. My daughter's seventeen. Her her those two are going to go with my daughter's friend and her mom to see Harry Styles at Madison Square Gardens. They're literally going to fly in the afternoon to New York, watch that show. After the show, go do something, go right back to the airport and take a super early morning flight to come right back. Wow. Well, I mean, that's, you know, uh, those high production shows are amazing. I mean, if I could see a show from a high production artist, it would be like Lady Gaga. So, you know, sure, might say like, you know, Kiss, yeah, blah, rock and roll. I would go see a pop style like that that would just rock Pink, my Pink world. does a crazy shows too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Both of those are great, like actual legitimate singers, non-technology help singers. Absolutely. Okay, switching gears here a little bit. We're not at, uh, uh, Brian and I are visiting Nashville, which we, we're going to be back for Rock and Pod in March. Give us a place to go eat that you recommend. 
just any place that's not yeah. that has just, nothing to do with anything. like you're like hey I, this i would say go there check it out i like this place it's good yeah well you know uh if you want to catch strays like me that are just trying to be normal people <clears throat> on a sunday yes. morning <clears throat> sunday, yes. sunday early afternoon go to uh potty fowl which is a hot chicken joint and okay, yep. you'll, you'll find hungover, you know, rock and rollers, <laughs> uh, not in downtown, but it's in Donaldson, uh, which is just uh, by the Grand Old Opry. Yeah. Uh, yep. It's a blast. And, and, and you know, yeah. some, sometimes there's nobody there, but, you know, uh, that's like, that's my jam. <laughs> well, Mark, Brian, we got to mark that one down. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard of it. Others have talked about it. I thought maybe we went to it when we were there before, but maybe not. Uh, we did not go to okay. Party Foul, but when I was down there last March or April to see Trigger Hippie with some of the Black Crows crew, some of those guys went to Party Foul. I did it's, not. It is, it is, I mean, if you like, you know, that good old, you know, Nashville treat, hot chicken. I don't think Brian and I really care, do we? We like we're pretty easygoing. Yeah, whatever. I'm easy to please. Yeah. I wore this for yeah. you guys, by the way, today. All blackberries. Look at you, <laughs> blackberry smoke shirt. Oh, one of my nice. favorites, Ben. I, I was hoping you're going to ask me who I want to go on tour with, but uh, you it, know. It, 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 hold on. We'll get there. <laughs> we we will we will get to that one for sure. Um, we're visiting Nashville. Give us a bar or a club where you absolutely need to go to listen to music. Oh my goodness. I think that the basement and the basement East are quintessential, but uh, if you want like that pure, you know, like kind of- I, I don't want the bachelorette party experience. I, wouldn't, I just yeah. want to go and enjoy music. So if you want to peel off of that, Bowie's is a rock and roll club straight up. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know what you get. You get everything from crazy goth metal to blues rock and roll and it's it's kicking but there's a lot of cover stuff there but but uh these days but uh it's a it's a the the people that own and run it are beautiful the staff is amazing and uh you're guaranteed a good time yeah i went to third and lindsley when we saw trigger oh. and i thought that place was super cool yeah yeah that place is great i mean that's amazing but you know it's not a regular hang unfortunately you can right. walk into bowie's any night and there's something cooking you know you'll strike up a Brian, conversation we gotta check that one out man right. we're down there for rock and pot i think that goes on the list here we go all right what's your favorite flavor ice cream chocolate i'm boring <laughs> we get a, we get a lot of vanilla chocolate a lot of like you know there's nothing wrong with the classics it's true it's true do you drink coffee I do. You know, uh, uh, when I had to supplement income in New York, I worked for a, a company called, should I mention that company on? No, I won't. But I worked for a place that uh, essentially really uh, innovated uh, cold brew and, uh, and uh, brought in a lot of the, the, a lot of the smaller eccentric coffees that you see these days, uh, like Joe's and, you know, all that um, and yeah, I love it. Well, how do you take your coffee? Uh, that's a little more on the old uh, upper northeast side with a little cream and sugar. All right, all right. You just don't go. You don't go straight black, huh? Uh, my wife's a, the, the yeah. I you know I'll tell you why why now because I did so much tasting black coffee when I worked uh, in that industry 
that uh, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a Duncan's guy at all now? Again, being East Coast guy? Nah, that place is, um, you know, just not for me. <laughs> okay. I'm being Listen, gentle. You- <laughs> you, you, you had the fancy highbrow stuff. You can't get, bring yourself down to dunk. It, it's got point. it's got nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with like you know you you, you start to realize what is not going to treat your body right the next day. <laughs> That's yeah, what it's for me. I hear you. Um, what is the best concert you've ever seen? Best concert I've ever seen. Oh man, this is such a toss up. Uh, I'm going to say that it, oh my gosh, this is really, really tough because I try to go to like things that I really, really dig. So well, what's blown your mind recently then when you've gone to something last couple of years? Well, because we're pretty limited, but I, uh, the past couple of years, of course, I'm an enormous Blackberry Smoke fan. And, uh, and, and of course, the, the, the uh, Shake Your Money Maker, Black Crows thing. And Did you do when they came to Nashville last year? Were you there? I was. Ascend, uh, the Dirty Honey, Throwdown, yep. the whole thing. Yeah, that was amazing. But those aren't like at the uh, Blackberry Smoke because I've been waiting so long to see them. And I really, you know, really loved the, the new record. Um, yeah. Kind of great. right away. So I was like, I'm down with all of it because I know all of it. And I was like, this is dope, you know, and I'll, I thought it was amazing, um, but you know, best ever. I mean, it's it's like sometimes you have to go back to the things that are great for a reason. But I think Kiss is always a thrill to see, almost always. Um, and uh, and I wouldn't even say they're like one of my you know ultra favorite bands because I've seen the Stones a bunch of times and they're one of my very favorites and they've always nailed it for me. So it's 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 a tough one. Yeah, I saw Blackberry Smoke on the Spirit of the South tour last year when they had like Almond Pets <laughs> Band and the Dirty Brothers. That was such an amazing tour. It was like five hours of live music. It's great. Yeah, exactly. It was that was a, a great show, and uh, and I saw the same the same tour, of course. But uh, yeah, I in in recent you know recent times because uh, I do like to point to things that maybe uh, are kind of you know, when we're talking about things that people can check out too, you know, I don't think enough people realize how good the musicianship is and, and how entertaining it really is to be in an audience where you can enjoy every, every song, every single song, you know, that's amazing. My opinion, Blackberry Smoke's the best live band out there right now. Agree. Agree. You know, all, all, all things affect. So if you can open up for one band, you get your choice of anybody, Cage, who you choosing? Well, you know, I'm going to give the boring answer of, of saying that anybody would want to open up for like, you know, a, a living beetle or, uh, or the stones. But if I was going out on a, on a leg of, of a tour, you know, uh, it, it would be Blackberry Smoke, uh, hands down, just because I know, you know, I listen to every possible interview I can with Charlie and, you know, all those guys. And I feel like, I would just laugh my ass off the whole tour and, you know, just have a blast and get up and play and do, you know, what musicians used to do. And I dig that, you know, I, I'm not a fan, you know, we started the conversation about, you know, camaraderie and stuff. I'm all about camaraderie. I really wish that it was like a big thing. Cause I'm truly about it. There's not this bullshit stuff where you like say you're a fan and all that. And you like, 
pretend you like somebody's post this you know this internet crap is just stupid or not even that like you won't even do that you oh you know you're at a bar and oh you guys are great blah, blah, blah. and then you're like playing a show and no one likes the post and you know this and that you know whatever it is uh these are the kind of cats you want to you know you want to just get down and you know just you know that you need pals and you know it's real it's a real thing like real camaraderie it sh should be a demonstration to people that are in the music industry about how to make the music industry bigger and stronger and all those things and and you know that's what i was a little bit bummed about you know with with uh and i don't mean this to diss anyone as i love you know uh dirty honey i've met those guys a couple of times but mm -hmm. they've, they've never like they've never said like super nice things about you know other bands that really admire them they kind of see it more as like a competition thing and i don't understand that you know i'm not that competition i'm somebody who admires their work and uh and i would you know want to play with cats like that too so that it made sense to the rest of the rock and roll world and you know grows this uh this gravy train <laughs> absolutely for sure and you know blackberry smoke guys are great because they they jam with people that go on tours you see they bring exactly. them up to the stage and i think that's a, that's an important thing to do right that's part of the camaraderie and showcase and we're all in this together and you know brian i've had charlie on the show and uh just he's as sweet and as normal as you could possibly imagine yep yep i mean of course i've heard that i'm i'm uh i'm i don't it's not use, an act yeah i don't uh i don't use you know towards one thing is uh, i'll I, I when i talk about people that like you know uh river Ghost, i i i don't use the word you know fan uh, but when i'm talking about other people i'm a fan of you know mm -hmm. I, I like to use the word audience when it regards us but i am a fan of all that stuff and a fan of the guys in the people that really care about us like you you dudes you know i listen to your stuff i i you know i uh i i'm flattered and like i really enjoy the fact that i can communicate with you know guys that are really trying <clears throat> to move mm -hmm. you know rock and roll forward it's a yeah. huge thank you thing. thank you it's huge it's, it's enormous what you guys are doing is enormous um and uh and so you know I think that that if if everybody tried to you know because nobody has the formula you know I'm tr I tried the alternative formula of putting out songs and trying to satisfy people that are maybe sitting at home and don't feel too cool about going out to shows you know now it's time to you know go out and play some shows and uh, you know uh, I think that you know uh, it's guys like you that pointed people into kind of our direction you know where they we might not make it to the time, but you can still listen to our material. You know, you can still enjoy us. And that's mm -hmm. the reason for that, you know, thing we were talking about earlier, Brian, where, you know, you put out songs, you know, in singles and not enough, not too much separation. So people aren't bored to death between the next one and the next one and the next one, but they get something out of it, you know, and, uh, and then, you know, lending itself to hopefully, you know, getting either the funds or the deals or whatever it takes to get a record out there and be part of that game, you know, and play with the big boys. Oh, we appreciate the kind words and we just really enjoy discovering new music mm -hmm. and helping other people share that, you know, share that music with people. Likewise. It's a lot man. of fun. We're, it's a, it's a, it's a two, it's a two way street, bro. And, and, uh, and that's what people don't understand. This is no time for people to try to play competition. You know, uh, you know, just a few years ago, uh, you know, music was on a breathing machine or something i don't know you know so like let's all like let's all like uh you know stop stop uh that kind of uh concept that we're you know all trying to you know push ahead to get the next big giant thing and you know i i hear enough stuff where like 
you try to hook up, you know, shows with bands and they're like, no, no, no. You know, I mean, we'd love to play with you guys, but, you know, we're taking the whole bill because X, Y, and Z, you know, uh, and it's got nothing to do with you personally, but it's like not furthering the movement. And if you really want to make something happen in this, you know, uh, slightly inflating scene, you want to inflate it further, you, you, you do what, what Charlie's doing. You do what you yep. know Brent's doing and you do what those guys are doing, do what you guys are doing. And, uh, and then we're going to be in a great spot in the next few years. Cause there's some great bands out there, you know, uh, just across the nation. And, and uh, I think we're in a good time to really pump that stuff, make it happen. Amen. I hundred percent agree. All right. Last question for you. Okay. Give us a song or artist that we would be surprised to hear that you like. I think I already gave away some of that, but uh, Donna Summer. No, no. You know uh, the the soundtrack <laughs> to that that hit movie that Lady Gaga was in. I listened to over and over. I think she is amazing. Oh, Stars Born. Stars Born. Uh, I mean, holy moly! I tried to you know just expanding my voice and study what she does and and all that and you know she's an amazing songwriter and the whole thing and i just like look at her in complete awe so that's completely off the the uh, and i can say this uh because that's respect heritage. though yeah you know but she's also reservation man she's like somewhere else she can hit it all and i dig that uh, again, legitimately mm -hmm. sing. I've heard her, and I've said this before on other episodes, but I've heard her on Howard Stern do acapella, like uh, uh, Led Zeppelin and stuff. She's legit. She's legit. You know, uh, you don't always have to base things off a of taste. I know it's not for everyone to listen to somebody for their actual talent, but, uh, and, yeah. you know, people don't have patience for that, but, uh, but I do. That's what I do. So I'm down. It's dope, you know. You know, good music is good music. And a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I were talking about Debbie Gibson, I think because she just had like her 51st or 52nd birthday, which is amazing to think about Debbie Gibson being 50 or 52. And that spurred us on to listen to some Debbie Gibson music. And you know what? She had some good jams, you know? Absolutely. I mean, this, you know, I think if you, let's let's just cite like, in, put that in context with musicians you think that like Dwayne Allman would have been anything if he wasn't like reaching back into like, yeah. people that weren't like anywhere near what he was doing I mean the bands that that I liked were 20 and 30 years you know before my time I mean just my, yeah, same with me. Yeah. you know so uh you know this whole like generation of like making fun of like you know people that are you know, hash and old, blah, 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 whatever you want to say, is totally cutting yourself short of the most amazing things that you could learn from music. If you're a musician. Now, if you're just a listener, then you probably have bigger problems than that because, you know, there's a, a world of music that you could just be listening to that would just, you know, um, pull you out of a bad mood one day and take you mm -hmm. out of depression or you know, uh, bring your children up to you and, you know, communicate with other people. And, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a peacenik at hot, you know, 
but I didn't grow up in that generation. I grew up in the other one that wants to like take a sword to your head or something. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, music is uh, music is magic, man, and people should like really treat it. And and that goes for for everyone, listeners and 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 the people that that make it. You know, and uh, get off this. Uh, I know I'm on a tangent about like that whole thing, but it really is important. Uh, for this to, to, to go somewhere, you know, and I, and so I'm an advocate through and through, and it's not just about, you know, bands like Blackberry Smuggler, just one of those bands that just like exemplifies it in a, in a nice package. You know, there's probably, you know, country bands do the same thing and, you know, uh, rap artists that do the same thing and all that. We, you know, we all have seen that in, in, in more recent history or even, in the 90s early 2000s with uh with rap and all that stuff so you know it's it's just true you know and uh so that's where i'm at love it well that is a perfect ending to the interview um where cage where do we go where do our listeners go to find out more about river ghost check your merch out your songs where you're going to be playing yeah this is a great uh chance to to let folks know because we really don't pump this stuff enough. Uh, we have an Instagram that we're you know active on mostly. Uh, that's River Ghost Rock uh, on Instagram. It's the same thing with uh, with Facebook, although we don't communicate as much on there. Um, and then you know, as far as the music and that being heard, you can listen to that any place you find music. Um, so. <clears throat> That's uh, that's that's pretty much that. I, basically, if you go to River Ghost Rock or go to riverghostrock.com, you'll find links to everything. Riverghostrock.com is updated regularly um, and has links to everything. And as we continue to uh, shovel our way through this path, you'll see more and more. Have you guys have done the TikTok thing yet? We haven't because I'm still working on my dance moves, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> just, just please, please message us when you do get on there and dance. Yeah, uh, uh, it's it's a challenge, man. It's another one of those things. But I want to make sure that I can get up with Harry Styles and impress your daughter and your wife. And I, listen, and you'll get at least one new follower if you can do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Brian, over to you. Well, thank you so much to Cage DeVille uh, from River Ghost. Thanks for being on. Thank you for your songs and your music. Thank you that you keep doing that. We will support you all the way to do anything we can to help you keep doing that. It means a lot to us. It's very giving and it means a lot to us. So thank you so much for being on. Hey, it's a real honor, guys. I know I said it throughout, but uh, that's my that's my jam. I want to make sure that we recognize everybody along the way. And I love that you guys are doing that really proud of you guys and oh, thank, uh, you. thank you I, I look forward to you know holding up uh river ghosts pod in this whole thing and uh encouraging anybody that we can to do the same uh thank you so much to cage Devell uh from river ghost um thank you so much he, you know he gave us some great compliments that, that means a lot to nice. me and yeah. when we were doing this i just i, I sometimes i almost have to pinch myself as like is this real? Like, you know, here we are, you know, we're talking to this great musician and while oh, they're here too. And they're like reaching out to us to, you know, help promote. So that, that was really great, man. Um, and he's he, a legit fan too. He's, yeah. he's hit us up and talked to us. He listens to the show and man, I like his music, but Bluebird song is a really good Southern rock 
Southern Rock, Hard Rock. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, hopefully he'll, those guys will get on the road, out on the road with you know some of our other friends, and um, it's just uh, another great conversation with another good band, and that's what we're here for. Another cool dude. Yeah, we'll look forward to seeing what goes on with River Ghosts and Cage here in the future. All right. Until then, always remember Southern Rock is reverent, blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 